Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to have a, another amazing guest today. Welcome, Carrie Ann Gulliver. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So let's just start with, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Um, Yeah. So I'm known as the uh, America's Franchise Matchmaker. Um, So my company is Franchise Logic, and I've been in business since 2006. I've actually been self-employed for over 22 years, um, but started Franchise Logic in 2006. And so I literally am changing people's lives. Um, I'm helping them evaluate the opportunity of taking the leap and becoming a business owner with a franchise. Mm, that's really cool. So how, I mean, I think because when most people think about starting a business, they don't think about buy, getting into like a franchise or, or buying a franchise. They think about like, oh, I'm going to start this new idea. Um, so I guess how did how did you get into this world? We'll start with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's always a story, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's important for people to understand why I do what I do. And that actually starts with my story. So um, actually, my my career in corporate America was short-lived, um, thankfully, uh, <laughs> but um, worked with a lot of startup companies. Uh, I was in sales and marketing. Um, and loved the startup mode with companies because it was really invigorating to build something from scratch and make it actually happen and then bring it out to the world. The problem was that, um, you know, I wasn't in control of all the decisions because it wasn't my startup, right? Mm -hmm. So there was always some Yahoo that would screw something up and then it would be no longer a startup, right? So it was kind of start, stop, start, stop. And, you know, became very frustrating. And um, one evening, having dinner with friends and family, drinking some fine wine, having some amazing food, we were having the conversation of, boy, what do we want to do when we grow up, right? Which I'm sure a lot of the listeners um, can resonate with. And we ended up uh, coming up with an idea, my sister and brother-in-law and I, um, to start a business, actually a handyman business, um, literally in the basement of their home. Um, and at this time, my sister was pregnant with her first child. Um, my brother-in-law came from the restaurant industry. And again, I came from start and stop mode with startups. And so we literally created this business idea, put an ad in the paper the following Sunday, and by golly, the phone started ringing. <laughs> Nice. And we were like, wow, this is crazy, right? So uh, that business really kind of morphed into something that none of us had an idea was going to happen. Um, but we actually ended up building a multi-million dollar business. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and people came to us and said, guys, you should think about franchising your business. And we were like, well, what's that all about, right? Um, and so we learned about franchising. We learned about how we could actually franchise our basement business and bring it to the masses and help other people happily escape corporate America and become their own boss and be an employer of their community and take the leap like we did. Um, And so we actually, so we started our business in 1997. We actually franchised our business the latter part of 2001. Um, So it was a very magical ride. I learned a lot on that journey. But one thing that I really realized being a franchisor is there's a lot of people out there that are intrigued by the idea of a franchise. Um, Most people think about McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, you know, Mm. Subway, but literally there are 4,000 franchises alone in the United States in 95 categories, 75 different industries. Um, And so we actually franchised our handyman business. And what I realized was, you know, there's there's people that are intrigued. They want to learn about franchising. Maybe they hate their boss, Matt. And they've always dreamt about being their, their you know, business owner, but they don't know how to go about it. It's overwhelming. They don't know which franchises are great, which ones are not. And so I started my franchise consulting business to really help navigate the waters with people really help them do a self-discovery to determine is business ownership even right for them? Mm. Um, And if it is, then we're able to match them up to a number of franchises that really align with their goals, the characteristics that they're looking for, their spend tolerance, um, their cultural fit that they're looking for for a business partner. Um, What we do know with franchising versus starting something on your own is that um, 90% of franchise businesses are successful for 10 plus years. Mm. Um, And that's been tracked over the years through the International Franchise Association, who tracks everything related to franchising. And non-franchise businesses almost never make it to their fifth year anniversary because Mm. they continually have to spend marketing dollars to educate the community that they're there, number one, and number two, convince them that they're solving a problem that the customer may or may not have. And by the time they finally gain that momentum, they've ran out of money. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it takes a lot, right? And so people um, learn that, wow, I could actually have speed to market, find somebody else's vision and proven model, and mm-hmm. plug it into my backyard and have them as a partner every day. And be able to grow something that I can, that's tangible, that I can say is my own with less mistakes and in many cases cost less than starting something from your own. Um, and then what we do is we get people literally to the front of the line and registered with those franchises. But then we stick with them the whole entire journey and make sure that they understand how to conduct proper due diligence before they make any decisions or spend any money. Cool. Wow, that's that's an awesome story. That's a cool journey. So do you feel, well, I'm curious about the one of the aspects that you mentioned earlier, which is like helping people see if it's a good fit to potentially be a business owner or not. I'm just curious, like what types of things you see that would lean somebody this way or that way? 
Yeah, I'll tell you, people uh, often uh, don't really appreciate that every business pretty much operates the same way, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a doggy doo-doo cleanup business or a maid cleaning business or a painting business, um, every business pretty much operates the same way. And so what we do is we really learn what their strengths are that they're bringing to the table because everyone has strengths. Mm -hmm. um, from their past careers, whatever they've been doing up to this point. And so we take those strengths and we apply them to the right business model in franchising. And that's really where the magic happens. Um, so I think, you know, people need to be able to follow a proven model. Mm -hmm. um, you know, franchise business ownership is intriguing to a lot of people, but for people who want to make their own rules, create their own boundaries. Um, franchising is not a good fit for them because you have to follow the proven blueprint uh, with a franchise. They really don't like you coloring outside the lines <laughs> and rewriting the ops manual and going off, you know, on the reservation because they've already spent all the time and money to really iron out all the wrinkles for their business model to be proven. So um, they're just looking to grow exponentially throughout United States or globally with their proven model. Um, people that, um, so people that don't like following other people's rules are not going to be a good fit. People that come to this process and say, I don't want to deal with people. Well, that's going to be an issue. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. David? Because yeah. people are what make a business, right? right. <laughs> um, and so people that are lacking in um, social skills, management skills. Um, we have certain skill sets that we look for for an ideal owner, but people, uh, those kinds of people that are lacking in those skill sets or cannot financially afford a franchise today um, are certainly not going to be a good fit to move forward. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's interesting because it, it, it almost seems like how cool would this be if you were if you you wanted to be a business owner and you could like jump into it out of college or something straight because it's a shortcut to like hey look all this is proven already jump right. in see how it works and then if this is like you know something that really works for you and you still have this other business idea you can like leap yeah. off from there exactly i mean i tell people all the time you can use a franchise concept is getting your MBA in businesses because totally. you are really going to learn every aspect of operating a business properly with a franchise. And then you can take your own vision and do something else. But what we also know from the International Franchise Association is 65% of people that find success in franchising never, ever leave. Um, they just keep building additional businesses, portfolios of franchises, um, because you know, if it's working out, why, why, why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is a kind of like a nuts and bolts question, but let's say I wanted to come buy a, a franchise or buy into one. Yeah. Um, how does that, does it, that normally how it goes or, well, I, I know you do multiple things. So you probably also help people who have a, an established system create a franchise of more locations. But for the person that comes in and is like, I want to get into this world, how does that typically go? Yeah, so people can go online and just Google. And unfortunately, too many people, I feel, David, 
leave it up to Google or friends or family to tell them which franchise to buy. Because <laughs> uh-huh. that normally doesn't end in a happy ending, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. um, really, people that utilize me as an advisor, um, you know, I've got 22 years of small mm-hmm. business and franchising experience personally. Um, I had a franchise. I was a franchisor. So this is certainly not my first rodeo. So why not leverage all my knowledge and connections to amazing franchise concepts that people would probably never, ever find on their own um, to, you know, be able to see what's out there, what might be a good fit. So we have really simplified a process to take people through this journey of exploration. It's typically, you know, 90 days from beginning to end. You have to get approved by the franchisor. Just because you have a heartbeat and a checkbook does not mean you will get approved to buy a franchise. It is really literally meant to be a business marriage. The franchisor cannot continue to expand and grow without people like them to duplicate their model in their backyard. Just like people couldn't necessarily go and compete with McDonald's um, on their own, right? Um, Without that proven blueprint. So um, franchisors are looking for the ideal fit. They already know what kind of strengths they're looking for in an ideal candidate that will have success executing their proven model. Mm -hmm. And they also know how much it's going to cost. So they know we need to have someone that has this kind of liquidity and this kind of net worth. And here's where we're looking to grow. So um, we're able to then make that matching based on, you know, I tell everyone that I work with, you're going to go on some blind dates with some franchise companies. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're going to have some courtship and you may or may not get to the altar. So getting approved is really learning about why does this business even exist? Who are the people that created this business? How is it unique than everything else that's out there? What, how does it make money? What are What is my role? What is the technology? What is the marketing? What is the operations? What is the HR staffing? All of that. And that typically is, you know, the person seeking a franchise is going to evaluate multiple businesses for these particular items. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of our helping and coaching through that, um, you know, due diligence stage. Um, And then they're going to narrow down the businesses that they like the best and then hopefully get approved. So you can't just buy Dunkin' Donuts because you love donuts. Darn it. (laughs) Darn it, darn it. But, um, you know, we take a lot of pride in our matchmaking. Um, Not to toot my horn too loud, but I am typically 90% on my matching. Over the years, I've had a number of people that, let's say, David, I showed them three different businesses. They bought two out of the three because they just loved them so much they didn't want to choose at the same time. I've had lots of people come back for their second and third franchise. Um, I feel very blessed that 70% of the people I work with are referrals from people who have worked with me. Um, So, you know, it is a journey of exploration. Business ownership is not for everyone. It is a lot, as you know, hard work. Um, But just to give an example, I'm working with a very lovely couple and they started their own from scratch green tea and smoothie fran- or business um, 
literally in their small community that they live outside of Missouri. Um, from scratch. I mean, they did the build out of their location. And, you know, the biggest um, challenge that they have is if we are not socially posting five to 10 times a day, people forget. People forget we're here. Yeah. But with a national franchise, that's not going to happen, right? Because national franchises have a much larger budget to market. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's really power in numbers. So I've worked with a lot of people that started something, got it off the ground. It never really took off, or maybe it is taking off, but like this couple, they've been operating, you know, since 2020 and they're still, you know, barely profitable. And they're like, we need to now do business the easy way. We want to work with you. We're still going to keep our shop because our daughter's going to run it. But now we want to expand and have speed to market with a franchise so we can start recouping expenses from the hard way we've been doing business to an easier way. But business ownership is not rainbows and unicorns every day. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's very challenging. So with a franchisor, you're going to have people you can call, people you can email. You're going to have the corporate headquarters that's going to be your number one cheerleading squad, cheering you on every day. They're literally your business partner every day, all the time. But then you're going to have a whole family of other franchise owners that own the same business that you do, that you can reach out to, that you can learn from best practices, because chances are they, they're experiencing maybe a challenge you are right now, and they're going to have a solution to how they overcame that. So you're in business for yourself, but certainly not by yourself. You're not just out on an island trying to figure it out all on your own. Yeah, that's cool. There's like there's a community aspect of yes. being a part of a franchise. <clears throat> that's why it's really important to also have a good cultural fit, right? Mm-hmm. Because people forget about that. But look, I mean, this is like a business marriage, right? You all have to share the same core values and get along or why bother? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. I know. I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not that old, but I'm too old to, to not have good working relationships with, with people that I really resonate with. That just, it's just not. Yes, working. absolutely. And you know, that's interesting. The sweet spot of people that I work with now, I've certainly worked with younger, but really the sweet spot are, are people between the age of 52 and 67. Mm. Um, and they don't have enough years to recover if they make an oopsie, mm-hmm. right? So another reason why they want to work with someone like myself, because we're going to be able to guide them in the right direction instead of them trying to figure it out on their own. Yeah. Guides, coaches, consultants, super worth short tracking all of that pain. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And the best news is, is my services for anyone that I work with are free. They don't pay me a single dime. They do not sign a contract with me because of all my experience, knowledge, and success in franchising. The franchisors use me as a recruiter or mm-hmm. headhunter, if you will, to bring them the right skilled people that can afford their business in areas that they're looking to grow that they wouldn't find on their own either. And so um, it really allows me to offer my services for free, which is amazing. That's amazing. That's so amazing. (laughs) Okay, cool. So let's, let's shift gears just a little bit because I want to know a little bit more about you personally. Um, So you've been an entrepreneur for 22 years. That's like 
so, um, you probably have so much wisdom. I could sit here for hours to pull out of you, but I'd love to just hear like one or two challenges that stick out to you and the lesson that you got from that in, in all of your years of entrepreneurship it can be recent or in the past. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I mean, again, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of frustrations, a lot of hiccups, I think uh, the most important thing, and I, I tell everyone that I work with as well is, you know, again, it, you're not going to have a great day every day, but you can't give up, right? So I remember, you know, early on in my consulting days where, um, you know, because my services are free um, to the people that I work with, sometimes it felt like people didn't value my time. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they were like, well, it's free. And so, you know, if I don't show up, it's not a big deal because I won't owe anything. Right. Right. And so I was like, you know, how can I gain better trust from people um, to really understand that, look, you know, this is, you know, I'm not a non for profit business. And time is the one thing that none of us can make more of, right? We can't just go, oh, poof, here's an extra two hours on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really, um, I it was challenging for me at the very beginning early on to really be able to really convey that in a way where people didn't feel like I was being snobby about it, but that, you know, my, my time is as just as valuable as your time. And so here's the playbook Here's how this is going to roll out. Um, and let's not waste each other's time, right? Let's just be real. Yeah. And so it took me time to really kind of recraft my messaging mm. to people so that it landed correctly, where it wasn't offensive, but it wasn't also like, look, um, you know, I have no idea if franchising is going to be right for you, right? But we won't know until we get going. And so if you schedule, a two-hour consultation with me, even though it's free, it's still time. And so don't just no-show, right? Um, So that was a bit of a challenge for me. But again, I had to really dig in and put myself in the seat of who I'm working with. And they've never done this before. They have no idea, right, that this is how I make my living. And I am solely dependent on making a perfect match to make money. Uh, mm-hmm. This isn't just kind of like a hobby side thing that I'm doing, right? right? So I think that was that was early on that was um, challenging. And I also think because I came from a very strong sales background to a consultant background, selling is not consulting. I mean, if you're working with a consultant or a coach and they're set nonstop selling you, you probably need to be worried <laughs> because they should be guiding you, right? Yeah. They should be yeah. on your side. And so being able to take off my sales hat and turn on my ears louder and be a more active listener. I mean, I used to put a sticky on my computer that said, shut up. <laughs> Literally, because, you know, I think sales personalities, I mean, We'll just talk and talk and talk and talk, right? Yeah. And it, I wasn't, you know, I mean, obviously, as a business owner, you're always selling yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. let's say yep. they said people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And if they don't like you, 
it doesn't matter how great your product or service is, they are not going to work with you, right? Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to really stop selling myself and just be a more active listener. Um, and that can be challenging for people that have been, you know, high intense salespeople most of their career. At least it was for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. The especially the well, both of those, but the first piece too of like because people really do when they make a financial commitment, they yeah. also make an unknown internal commitment, like in your in their head and their heart usually. And so that's such an interesting thing that you've like found a way to, you know, work around without still having that, that piece of like, you know, I was immediately thinking like, oh, make them give you like a thousand dollar deposit and then you refund at the end. And, you know, like, <laughs> I know, like I went down that road, right. Yeah. But then I was like, no, that that's totally off my model. And so I think the other thing lesson that I learned as a third thing was be true to your vision. Mm. And your business model, like don't try to reinvent your business model. I mean, sometimes we all get bored with our business, right? Because we're doing it every day. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then we're like, well, let's be creative and let's change this up a little bit. And, and most of the time, your changes don't always result in a positive way. And then yeah. you got to go back to the basics and go, wait a minute, why did I stop doing this? Or why did I stop doing that? When did that happen? And I think it's just natural because we get bored, right? Because we're doing it every day. And we forget that the people we're working with, it's their very, very first time ever being exposed to what we're offering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So then on the on the flip side, in some of those challenges and lessons, what's what's a huge win that you're proud of over your career of being an entrepreneur? Oh, well, I mean, I have lots of them, but I mean, I think surviving being in a family business is a huge win <laughs> and still speaking with family. Yeah. Um, you know, because <laughs> literally that's, um, I still have the letter my mother wrote to me mm -hmm. that was, she literally was begging me, please do not go into business with your sister. <laughs> literally. I mean, she, and it was like three pages long of begging, right? She's Whoa, like, it's not going to yeah. be good. You know, I mean, the lines get blurred. You're sitting around Thanksgiving dinner, passing the sweet potatoes, talking about business, right? I mean, and so um, that's when I left is I was like, okay, I, I was really craving my own independence. I didn't want to be the sister-in-law in the business, right? Mm -hmm. And it was super scary to think about taking the leap. I mean, like scary, right? Yeah. But mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, I mean, I... I don't know what's going to happen unless um, I do it, right? So um, I just I just had to do it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, I can still remember the when we started our first business, like how scary that was. That that I think every entrepreneur who has like done their first thing and went out on their own can relate to that. Just like, all right, here we go. <sighs> You know. Taking the leap. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's not just the first business. I mean, you know, I mean, I've worked with people where, you know, they own three or four different businesses, but when it's time to make that final decision and spend the money and sign an agreement contractually, it still brings up the butterflies in the belly, if you will. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's a big deal. And if you think about it and you look at 
drive down around your town and you look at all the businesses, um, every single one of those business owners had one of those moments where they looked themselves in the mirror and was like, am I really going to do this? Right. They all have done that. And it's called being a human, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't get nervous or have some anxiety or butterflies in the belly when you're making this kind of decision, um, that you're not taking it seriously. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, or you're just super zen. <laughs> I don't know. Like you're just phoning it in, going through the motions. Cause it's, it's some scary stuff for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was such a good visual that you just said, like, I'm going to do that next time I go through a downtown, I'm just going to like in, envision all of those people making that leap in that whole area. That's a cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they literally looked in the mirror and was like, holy crap, am I really going to do this? Right. I mean, we, they've all gone through it and it is very unfortunate, David, that, you know, uh, fear is the number one deal killer. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and fear is not real. I mean, it feels real. You get the sweaty palms, you have the sleepless nights, but it's literally um, your brain really trying to convince you to not change because it's going to require some work. You're going to have to think a little bit harder. You're going to have a learning curve. You're going out of your comfort zone. And so um, it's your mind playing tricks on you. Uh, there's a wonderful book that, that really talks about this. It's uh, by the author Darren Hardy. And it's called the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. Hmm. Um, it's a fascinating book, and it takes you through the whole journey of when he made the aha moment, took the leap as a young, you know, young male starting his own business. Um, it's pretty fascinating. Awesome. Yeah, I've read uh, one of Darren's other books. Good, great, great teacher and author. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Just a couple more questions. So one is, I'm curious about. I'm just really fascinated and interested in, okay, this business and running that and managing that and growing that. And then this not so separate, but we try to think of separate life (laughs) over here. And so what have you found to, that has helped you create success in having a life and a business that you love? Yeah, it's a challenge because my personality is work, 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 right? Because I love money. Who doesn't love money? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my husband's always like, "Uh, when is it going to be enough? I'm like, never. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, that's just who I am, right? And so, but, you know, uh, a burnt out Carrie Ann is not a fun Carrie Ann, right? I mean, you got to work hard, but you got to play harder. And I know that's extremely cliche, but... You know, my husband and I bought a toy hauler uh, during the pandemic, right? And we've got four wheelers. And like I, you know, mentioned, I love the mountains. Mountains are always calling me. I'm a Colorado native. And so we were like, we got to get out somewhere. We're going cuckoo. So we bought a toy hauler. We take our dogs, we take our four wheeler, we take our mountain bikes, and we go to the mountains. Now, just recently, we bought um, the the satellite internet where you could literally be in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and you can stream movies, you can get on Zoom, you can have email. Um, and so this summer is going to be very different because I will be doing a lot of my coaching sessions in the toy hauler. <laughs> yeah. Because why not, right? So, um, yeah. And I think that just helps people understand, hey, 
look at this woman, right? She's running, you know, this large consulting business um, out of her toy hauler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, last summer, I took every Friday off. Nice. Every Friday, I was like, I'm not working on Fridays. I'm not working with any clients. I'm not working with any candidates. I'm Friday is my day. I'm going to work half of the time in the morning and I'm going to really focus on what I want to accomplish next week. What are my goals? Make sure I'm all caught up with everything that's going to be moving forward starting next week. And then from 11 on, I don't work. Mm. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So um, I think it's all about work-life balance, you know? Um, when I work, I work really hard and I am very focused and very dedicated, but, you know, often I'm working with people that have a gig with corporate America and they're like, there's no way I could talk to you during the day. It has to be in the evening. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't work evenings. Mm-hmm. I don't. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, if you can't talk during the day and you can't carve out, you know, something during the day, how are you ever going to investigate a franchise? Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Franchise companies work Monday through Friday, eight to five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, how are you going to learn about these franchise opportunities if you can only talk in the in the evening, right? So you probably, it's probably not the right time for you to look at business ownership if you can't find an hour or two a day for you. Because let's face it, people are, I get it, they're paranoid, right? I mean, they have made a lot of personal sacrifices renting out their time and talent to build wealth for a company that can and will get rid of them in a heartbeat when times get tough. And so they are, I work with people that are like, uh, yeah, I haven't gone on a family vacation in over 12 years with my family. What? Well, I can't carry on because if I'm gone, they'll replace me. It's, it's just mind blowing, but people have been really programmed to um, really make all these incredible sacrifices and still get treated like crap. And so, you know, I mean, it's important to, again, like the sign behind me, really identify your why. And your why has to be strong enough to keep you driving when times get tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. If there's one um, thing that I've found to be really interesting and like, a very cool learning. It's that that thing, that picture right behind you, your why will give you more energy than any amount of organic food, sleep. All those things are important too. Don't get me wrong. I come from that world, but that why will drive you endlessly through all of the hard times. Uh, it's, it's just so fascinating to me how much actual energy is derived from our brain. <laughs> Yeah. And like what we're passionate about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. Also, I love the I'm not working Fridays. I don't work Fridays either. And I don't take calls in the evening. So I'm on board fully. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. And I don't work weekends either because my time on the weekends is for my family. Um, and so it should be with everyone else. Right. And yeah. so those are my boundaries. Those are my parameters. Um, and you know, I think there are some people that won't work with me because of that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Not sure. everybody has to be working with me for me to be successful. So yeah, love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, 
where can people find out more information about you and your company and yeah. all the details? So my company website is franchise hyphen, and that's the dash logic.com. So franchise hyphen logic.com. I have videos, I have case studies, testimonials. I put together four different digital assets. So they're free eBooks that you can download to learn all about franchising. Um, and, um, you know, obviously they can look me up on LinkedIn, uh, America's Franchise Matchmaker. Um, there is a calendar link on my website. So if somebody wants to schedule an initial 15 minute discussion with me, I'd be more than happy to, you know, entertain uh, a brief chat and answer any questions they may have. Um, and that's really the best way to get on my calendar. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your insight and just sharing about your industry too. It was like fun for me because I don't know anything about that world. So it's great. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, David, for having me again. I had a great time. I really appreciate you. You bet. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.